You're listening to Health Call Live, the area's only live local interactive radio hour devoted to you and your health. Watch the video live stream on the Health Call Facebook page and call us with your questions at 447-1190 or toll free at 800-333-1190. Here's your host, health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. Good morning. It is great to have you here. Thank you so much for tuning in. I look forward to this time that we spend together all week long. So really appreciate you being here. It is meaningful for both of us. I think we both learn a lot. I love talking to you guys through the course of the week. Ran into somebody in the hardware store the other day who said, man, I tune in and hear stuff I never hear anywhere else on the radio. That is the best I could possibly hear. So thank you for all of that. We do begin today looking into something that is really kind of a serious problem. And uh, it's starting to get a little more attention nationwide, and that is baby boomers are taking their own lives at a greater rate than ever before. I was really surprised by a report that said that white men over the age of 65 are one of the leading categories in, when it comes to the population mix who are dying by suicide. This group makes up only 12% of the population, but 18% of all total lives lost to suicide. You, you know, what's going on here? You've reached a stage where you're supposed to be living life on your own terms, and then you bump into chronic health problems, loneliness, isolation, fear of dementia, and the loss of a spouse. All of that plays in. I reached out and talked with uh, the National Council on Aging and connected with Kathleen Cameron and also psychologist and author Marilyn Mendoza. Now, someone in our little recording session had a little problem with the noisy microphone. I hope you get past that, though, to hear what these women have to say about what is now considered to be a serious public health problem. So listen to Dr. Mendoza explaining that the problem may even be bigger than the statistics show because of something that's known as silent suicides. Silent suicide is when the individual has pretty much just given up hope. They'll stop eating, they'll stop drinking, they stop interacting, um, and they just die that way. And it's hard to know to call that a suicide. Uh, that's why it's called a silent suicide. That they believe that the numbers are perhaps larger as a result of those. Do we know anything more about how many people are just go unreported? Oh, that, you know, that's a good question. We know, you know, upwards of 20% of older adults experience depression. Um, and those who experience depression are at highest risk for suicide. And particularly those who have had chronic depression throughout their life or other types of mental illness, uh, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, um, chronic anxiety, for example. Um, but depression is becoming more common um, as, as people age. And that's for a variety of reasons. Um, you know, often loss of social connections that happen as we get older. Um, uh, you know, retirement for some people can be very difficult because that, that's a loss of connections to coworkers or a loss of, you know, what has really provided uh, meaning and purpose to an older person's life. Um, and maybe also 
also, you know, as we get older, we experience more chronic illness, and that is associated with higher rates of depression too. It could be things like um, heart disease, stroke, uh, Parkinson's disease, cancer, all have uh, correlations with increased uh, rates of depression, as well as economic strain too, as we get older, not having um, the same level of financial security as we might have had while we were working. So all of those factors kind of play into the increased rates of depression that can lead to to suicide ideation in older older years. Yeah. I think uh, along with that is the fact that there's a lot of grief that's going on. Uh, we grieve the loss of our health, uh, of our family, um, you know, and there we can grieve all kinds of things. And I think that, you know, that's a large part of the depression is, is grief. Yeah, I, I get that. You know, you you become invisible as you get an advanced age. Mm -hmm. Put some more words with that. Explain explain what that means. Well, people don't pay attention to you. They don't listen to you. They dismiss you. Um, you know, my mom lived to be almost 96. And that was one of the things that she complained about is people didn't talk directly to her. They would talk to whoever was pushing her wheelchair. Um, and so uh, that feeling of being dismissed uh, is very painful. And as we, you know, kind of move to a new stage of the pandemic, making sure that older adults are getting out and getting connected to, to others in their community is, I think, vitally important. Are there life events that tend to function as a trigger? I think loss of a spouse is a, a, a significant one, which leads to mm -hmm. the depression that, um, that Dr. Mendoza was talking about, but also, you know, changes in, in our life as we age. You know, I think the, the work um, in retirement is a significant factor as well. Um, and that may lead to maybe changes in where someone is living. Um, you know, they, they may have to relocate. Um, or as, as someone develops more chronic illness, um, their everyday function declines, they may need to move to assisted living or some other level of care. So that's a major factor, too, in um, de depression for older adults. So I, I have read that, um, and I mentioned it a moment ago, um, Seniors tend to be very effective at this because they tend to choose more violent means and it is a planned experience. It's something they've thought about. They're settled with the idea. They have a plan. They're going to get it done. So let's shift a little bit to taking a look at what are some of the warning signs that we need to be aware of? Uh, increased isolation, uh, decreased um, intake of food, uh, things that they were interested in before, they have no interest anymore. Uh, things like that, if they start to give away belongings. Uh, so some of the typical signs that somebody's in trouble, depressed and suicidal are, are what we're looking at. But yeah, the lethality uh, is, is great. They mean it when they attempt it. Yeah, they mean it. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
And I would just add to that, you know, um, other things that family members and friends can keep an eye out for things like um, not wanting to engage in activities that the older person, you know, traditionally had loved to do, not not wanting to do the hobbies, um, having no, no interest in those sorts of things, um, you know, feeling sad, um, feelings of despair, um, maybe even personal hygiene changing. Um, that often occurs with, with depression. Yeah. Maybe the home is more cluttered. They're not taking care of their mail. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, another thing that we, we see also is increased use of alcohol sort of as a way to self-treat the depression or increased use of uh, prescription drugs. Um, again, as self-treatment, it could be things like um, medications that are being used you know, for short-term sleep problems or being used longer or at higher doses or pain medication. Pain is often a sign of, of depression too with increased use of, of pain medications, including opioids, which pose lots of risks for older adults. Yeah, they sure do. You know, if you are 85 plus, uh, that is the highest rate of suicide among the senior citizens. Uh, but, you know, the, the rate of suicide starts to increase starting at age 65 and then continues and gets worse in each decade that follows. If you know someone who is struggling, so what is the right thing to do? Is it wise to talk about it? Do you ask that question? You know, there's the thought that talking about suicide kind of plants the thought in someone's head. What do these two experts think about that? Do they agree? We've got a lot more to talk about as we explore this whole idea of baby boomers choosing to die by suicide. But if you got to run, hey, I get it. Saturday's a busy day. You can always check out the Health Call podcast on the major services. A longer version of this interview is post website and on healthcall.live. But I hope you'll stick around because we have more of this conversation and in our next half hour, We're taking a look at clinical trials and how they can help discover new drugs to fight cancer. So I hope you'll stay tuned to the Health Call Live Radio Hour here on WoWo. You're listening to Health Call Live, your regular Saturday morning appointment with healthcare professionals, where treatment is always painless and there's never a copay. Here's your host, health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. And we're jumping back into a topic that, well, it's really not so pleasant to think about. But, you know, we need to talk about it, and that is suicide among baby boomers and the elderly. Bigger problem than I really knew until I started investigating it. And I connected with Kathleen Cameron from the National Council on Aging and a psychologist and an author on the topic, Marilyn Mendoza. So we talked about what to do if you've noticed the warning signs in someone around you that you're worried about. You suspect someone may be on the edge and contemplating suicide. You hear some some people will say you really shouldn't bring it up because you're going to be planning the thought in their heads. Well, uh, Dr. Mendoza says, no, that's, that's really not the case. So what should you do if someone you love, you suspect might be on the edge of taking their life? Well, I would start off by just notice, paying attention to what they're doing is saying, you know, I've noticed that Mm, you're not keeping up with your daily hygiene or you're not eating very much or and explore things with them in that way uh, about I'm wondering what you've been thinking and just see how the conversation goes. It may need to be more than one conversation, um, but uh, I, I think it's, you know, having that connection and talking about it uh, is very beneficial. What, what if they say yes? What then? 
well. I, I would probably stay close by them. Uh, I would ask them also, you know, if they had some specific plan, what they were going to do. I would call their physician um, and um, or depending on, you know, how lethal it is, um, maybe even taking them to an emergency room um, to have that assessed and see whether or not they need to be hospitalized. Let me let me jump on the other side and into sort of a controversial area. If I'm 86 years old, I've been living in chronic pain, I might already have a terminal disease, maybe I'm afraid of losing myself to dementia more than I already have. Is it wrong? Should 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 we should they are are we going to make people feel guilty by talking about this if that's the choice they've made? If somebody has their mind made up, they're going to do it. Um, I was at a workshop once, and this uh, the instructor was talking about working with uh, adolescents in prison and suicidality, and he said, you know, they were. He was in the cell with him, talking to him, and the kid took a sock and shoved it down his throat and killed himself right then and there. So, you know, if somebody is determined to do it, I think that they're going to do it. And some people are smart enough if they have their cognitive abilities, they just might deny that they have those intentions and go ahead and kill themselves anyway. But I think people are so afraid of feeling guilty that they've triggered that. Um, that they don't want to deal with it. And I think there are so many people too who may not know about what's available to help them, you know, whether it is the depression, that it can be treated, can be successfully treated, or chronic pain, you know, looking at what all the, the different treatment modalities are that they're not aware of, that their their healthcare providers might not have talked to them about. So really having that deeper conversation about what the root cause of their suicide ideation is and uh, addressing those root causes. I think more can be done in intervention ahead of time. Yeah. And I think the earlier, the better. So, you know, screening people um, is very important. You know, having an annual screen for depression through, for example, the Medicare annual wellness visit is really critically important. A lot of um, folks on Medicare don't realize that a free benefit, it's a prevention service under Medicare, is the annual wellness visit that covers a lot of different areas and depression is one of them so one message I have is for those listening is ask your doctor about the Medicare annual wellness visit to get that done and that can identify not only depression but other other problems that you might have that maybe have been underlying and haven't been addressed mm -hmm. because there could have been something else that the doctor's been focusing on for example yeah I was going to get there mm -hmm. you know there are a fair number of medical professionals healthcare uh, professionals who listen to this program, are they having this conversation? Are they aware? Are they taking this problem serious enough? I personally don't think so. No, I don't either. I agree. Yeah. With you. yeah I, you know, really primary care providers are often the first line of mental health care for many older adults. Um, and they need to um, play a greater role in doing these types of screenings and assessments for, for mental health conditions among older adults. And 
when they can't provide, you know, the full range of services, they need to refer their patients to psychologists like Dr. Mendoza and others who can do things like, um, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy, which we know is effective as an intervention for older adults who have depression. Mm-hmm. Hey, here's my admission. Here's my here's my confession. Uh, I'd be terrified having this conversation with an older relative or friend. If they said yes, I wouldn't know what to do. How? What, what do you say at that point? And we talked about earlier, yeah, reach out and get help. But I mean, in that moment, how do you have that conversation with someone? I think that you need to reassure them that you love them and you don't want them to hurt themselves. It's a time to be compassionate and understanding um, and, you know, let them know you'll do whatever needs to be done to help them. Because what it is, is that people will commit uh, or die by suicide because they're in pain. They're in a lot of emotional pain. And that's the way only way they know to stop it. So I think by being supportive and loving uh, goes a long way. Yeah, I think also helping them connect to resources in the community is really important. At the National Council on Aging, we are the the support network for senior centers, which are a great place for older adults to be engaged with their peers, with other older adults. But it's also a great way to connect with, um, you know, services that could help them perhaps in in their journey um, as they get older, Um, you know, including some senior centers do provide some types of um, simple mental health um, interventions. There are a couple of programs that that we promote um, throughout the country um, that do do screenings and assessments of older adults and, and, and talk with them sort of like cognitive behavioral therapy, but help them think about what their goals are in life, um, you know, through the end of uh, end of their life and help them realize those goals. So that is Kathleen Cameron. She's with the National Council on Aging. The other voice you heard there is Marilyn Mendoza, a psychologist and an author. Covered a lot more than we could get time for here on the radio. But if you'd like to check out the video version of that website, you can always go to the Health Call Live website. That's healthcall.live. You know, the statistics about this, they're just clear and they're not pretty. When an elderly person decides to end their life, they are, as you heard in this interview, pretty darn good at it. They've planned it. They, they, they know what they want to accomplish. Men in particular, older men, tend to use very violent means. Firearms, the predominant cause of uh, death by suicide, eight out of nine times that is a successful attempt when they use a firearm. So there are a number of different research projects underway right now to try to take a look at how how can you get ahead of this? How can you deal with it? And they all come back to one thing. There's nothing wrong with firearms and guns themselves. But they are a tool that most people use. So if you suspect someone might be heading in that direction, make sure there's no firearm in the home. That is the easiest, most effective way to prevent that. But there's also the problem of single vehicle accidents, and nobody really knows how many deaths in those cases are actually someone deciding to take their own life that way. It is an uncomfortable topic to talk about. You know, people who are stockpiling medications and commit an intentional overdose death, many of those go unreported. The bottom line here, what I'm getting at is if someone in your life is is getting on in years and they've got all those warning signs, chronic pain, loneliness, isolation, they've lost a spouse, 
you know, I think it's all coming upon all of us to be aware that it is a growing problem, this issue of people age 85 plus, 65, 75 plus taking their own lives. It's certainly, you know, researching this has certainly caused me to think that I'm, I'm going to... Um, take a more serious effort to engage more deeply the seniors that I come across in life and make sure that they don't feel invisible and that my interactions with them are more meaningful. So that's what I'm taking away from this segment. All right, we're going to look into the next half hour, and we are talking about clinical trials to help find new treatments for cancer. Some of that is going on right here in Fort Wayne. We're going to be talking to one of the doctors leading an effort to find nose cancer drugs, see how they react in patients, and can they help you live longer, live better. That's all next on the Health Call Live Radio Hour on WoWo. Podcasts by Federated Media. 